0: Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor John Lindell. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Tonight, what I want to do is I want to talk to some who are in the midst as we're going through this season of exceptional grace. And for you, it's not quite so exceptional, or at least from your perspective, it's not and you're facing a season of difficulty and it's not just inconvenience but it's the kind of difficulty that is causing you to ask some questions questions like where is God why did God let this happen what have I done wrong to deserve this the Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we see through a glass darkly. In other words, there are some things that you and I don't understand. There are some things that don't make sense. The problem is we, we don't see clearly like we will one day when we're with the Lord in heaven. We can only see essentially the trial or the difficulty from our side. But God in his word has revealed to us that there's more to all of life than what you and I see physically. And that's true in every aspect of life the good things, the, the difficult things, and everything in between. There is more happening than you and I can comprehend. So tonight what I want to do is I just briefly want to talk to you on the subject, where is God when you're a Dothan, and then we're going to pray. Now, Dothan is a city in the Old Testament. It's mentioned in two different stories. It's mentioned in a story involving Joseph, and it's mentioned in a story involving Elisha. And so it's this Old Testament city. The name Dothan means two wells. So it's a place where if you go there today, there are two wells. In fact, here's a picture of Dothan right, right here. This is the Tell of Dothan, and so it's in the Megiddo Valley, and you can see it's built up over all of the centuries. It's been probably razed and attacked and torn down and then built again, and so that's what it looks like in modern-day Israel. So what we're going to do is I'm going to read you the story of Joseph. It's going to be a bit lengthy, but I think it's important for context. And then we're going to read the story of Elisha. Let's look at Genesis 37, verse 14. So he said to him, so this is Jacob saying to his son Joseph. Remember, Jacob is the grandson of Abraham. He's got 12 sons. And... Joseph is his favorite. The other sons are out watching the sheep. Joseph, on the other hand, is home with his father. Joseph has a richly ornamented robe, which is essentially saying he's the crown prince of the family. He's the uh, heir apparent. And so while he is one of the youngest in the family, is not the youngest. He is one of the youngest. He's got a little brother who is younger. Uh, his brothers absolutely cannot stand him because he's done some things along the way he has had dreams where he tells them hey I had a dream God showed me Uh, we were out in the field we had sheaves of grain and mine was standing straight up and yours gathered around and all bowed down to me how many know that's not going to go well with brothers you know they're going to want to beat you up especially if you're the little brother so this is what's happening so Jacob said to him go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to me then he sent him off from the valley of Hebron when Joseph arrived at him. Now, he's going to bring word back, and what's happened prior to this in the story is he's, he's been a bit of a tattletale. So there were things they were doing that he knew his father wouldn't like, so Joseph goes home and he says, hey, guess what's happening? So he's getting his brothers in trouble. All of this makes it where they, they cannot stand Joseph so he goes from hebrew and he goes up to shechem and a man found him wandering around in the fields and asked him what are you looking for he replied i'm looking for my brothers can you tell me where they are grazing their flocks they have moved on from here the man answered i heard them say let's go to dothan so joseph went after his brothers and found them near dothan but they saw him in the distance and before he reached them they plotted to kill him here comes that dreamer they said to each other come now let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him then we'll see what comes of his dreams when reuben heard this he tried to rescue him from their hands he said let's not take his life he said don't shed any blood throw him into this cistern here in the desert but don't lay a hand on him Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. Now the cistern was empty, there was no water in it. So a cistern, it would have been a a hole in the ground uh, carved out of the rock, and it would collect, when it rained, the water that would uh, be channeled into there, and it was a way to have water in there. It doesn't have water, so it's it's a deep hole in the ground as they sat down to eat their meal they looked up and saw a caravan of ishmaelites coming from gilead their camels were loaded with spices balm myrrh and they were on their way to take them down to egypt judah said to his brothers what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood come let's sell him to the ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him after all he is our brother our own flesh and blood his brothers agreed so when the midianite merchants came by his brothers pulled joseph up out of the cistern and they sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Here's a map that gives you an idea of kind of that. So Joseph's down here at Hebron. He goes up to Shechem. Can't find him there. He goes up to Dothan. Meanwhile, the uh, Midianite traders, they're coming uh, probably right around here they're coming across there's a, a big opening uh, here and they're going across the Megiddo Valley and then they're getting on the Via Del Maris the road to the the road of the sea down to Egypt so imagine this I mean this is a massive massive trip that he goes from Dothan down to Egypt where he is sold in to slavery Then we read of Dothan in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 8. Now, the king of Aram or Syria was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I'll set up my camp in such and such a place. And the man of God, that's Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel. Beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. And the report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked him. In other words, what you find out about Dothan is, Dothan is a place where very discouraging things happen. Dothan is a place where Things don't go well for the people who are there by and large. Maybe tonight you've come into this place, and like Joseph, you would identify with that scenario where you feel like you've been betrayed. Maybe you've been betrayed by a friend. Maybe it was by a family member. Maybe you were betrayed by a co-worker. You didn't get the promotion. People said bad things about you. Now that's put you on the outside looking in in many respects within the place where you work. Maybe it cost you a deal. Somebody lied about you. Somebody said something. Somebody betrayed you, and now your future, that's seemed very, very bright, all of a sudden, seems rather bleak. It's as if the opportunity is lost for others you might be more like Elisha and his servant where you've been serving God and you've been you've been living for the Lord but now all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation where the enemy has come against you and you feel as it were that you are surrounded whatever the circumstances could be they could be financial they could be relational they could be emotional but now all of a sudden you feel like you are being attacked you are surrounded by the enemy A couple of things I want to mention to you relative to Dothan. First of all, Dothan is a place of difficulty or discouragement. What's interesting is it comes in Elisha's life as he's serving the Lord, and it comes in Joseph's case as he is obviously sensitive to God, sensitive enough that he can he can sense the presence of the Lord, sensitive enough that he knows when a dream has come from God, sensitive enough that he is obviously able to interpret dreams. He doesn't just learn that in prison. He has the ability as a seventeen year old, which says something about the ability of young people to hear from God. He is, he is hearing from the Lord. That doesn't mean that he's perfect. People can hear from the Lord and make a lot of mistakes. No doubt if Joseph can do it over, Joseph would do things over. He would have handled things differently. Let me also say this. You can hear from the Lord, and while we hope that makes a person wise, not always are they as wise as they are spiritually perceptive. I mean, have you ever met somebody, they're very spiritually perceptive, you don't doubt it, they're just not as wise as they ought to be. So the fact that somebody is spiritually gifted doesn't mean necessarily they are spiritually mature. At the same time, let me just say this, the fact is, somebody is spiritually mature doesn't mean they're necessarily spiritually gifted, which is sad. So let's not all sit and say, well, I'm spiritually mature, at least I'm that. Well, if you're not spiritually gifted and functioning in the gifts, it's sad the goal is to be both to be spiritually gifted which everybody is and spiritually mature that's not my message I'm just throwing it in there (laughs) when a person finds themselves in Dothan it's easy to wonder if not only if God's there but if he cares if he sees you when I look back at my life, I think of one place in particular that seemed a lot like Dothan. And if you've been here, you've heard me talk about our time up in Kansas City when we planted a church. And while we were there planting the church, we'd been there uh, at least at this point a year. And, and uh, at that point, we had a, a very large congregation of about uh, 11 to 13 people. Five of them were Lindells, so we, were, we believed in church growth by having children. but. I mean, that was kind of the, that was the best we could do. <laughs> and I can remember as we were doing that, and, and the church was, was very, very difficult. I remember teaching a Bible study to a widow lady for eight months she would come over on a wednesday night to our duplex and she didn't come because she wanted to hear me teach she came because she wanted to see our kids and she loved to hang out with the kids after the bible study but during the bible study as we'd have it debbie would be kind of trying to keep the kids quiet and she would sit there and shake her head because she didn't agree with me doctrinally so it was it was really an interesting set of circumstances and I can remember one day, because we'd had a land deal fall through, and and it just seemed like nothing we tried was going right, and I can remember one day driving, going for a ride, and just, just shouting out, God, where are you? Frustrated, because I couldn't understand what was happening. Some of you tonight, you know exactly what I'm talking about, because that's where you're at. You're not shouting that out, at least outwardly, but inwardly you are. Dothan can be a place of difficulty. It can be a place of discouragement. Dothan is also a place of God's presence, even if you cannot see it. This is the important thing. If you're a child of God and you know the Lord, then this is what we know about the Lord. That God is involved in our steps, all of our steps. The steps of a righteous person are order the Lord, and he delights in every detail of their lives. That if you love God and you're serving God, I'm not talking about perfection, I'm talking about direction. I'm talking about you're trying to walk with God because invariably what happens when somebody is in a Dothan situation, the first thing they can feel is that God has abandoned them and God is distant from them. When in fact, what we learn from the scripture is God is right there in a very powerful and very present way. I think it's important for people to be reminded of that as they're in that situation. The fact that you can't feel the presence of the Lord does not mean he is not with you in that moment. I would suggest that it's important For all of us to continually develop and grow in a sensitivity to the presence of the Lord so that we sense what God is doing this is the value of the prayer meeting because as you sense what's happening in a service and you sense what God is doing it heightens your awareness of his working in your own life when you're not at the prayer meeting so here is here is Joseph for example and he's at a place called Dothan, he's now sold into slavery in Egypt, and it could appear on the outward, looking on the outside, that God is nowhere to be found. Look at it in Genesis 39 verse one. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph. It's a very interesting statement. You can imagine Joseph taken down there. He is in the slave market. He has shackles on his feet. He has shackles on his wrists. And he stands there naked in a foreign country surrounded by people he does not know. And he is essentially the son of nobility and now all of a sudden he's a piece of property sold as a slave and there's nothing about that circumstance physically that would say oh God's with them you know a lot of times we find ourselves in situations and we can wonder where is God and we can feel like God's not there when in fact God is right there If God is with Joseph as he is in the slave market, then we know that God can be with people anywhere, anytime, in any place. God's blessing is not primarily a condition or a position. God's blessing is his presence. And if God's presence is with you, and if God's presence is upon you, then you can be sure that God is going to help you and that God is going to show you his favor. You can see that here. When his master saw that the Lord was with him. Isn't this interesting? The Lord is with Joseph in such a powerful dimension that a man who is pagan can recognize that it's not one of his pagan gods that is with Joseph, but he recognizes that there is something unique about Joseph, and he says there is a supreme being, a deity that is watching over him that is favoring this young man. I mean, it's very interesting. It's the presence of God. The presence of God can work in your life and my life in such a dimension that people don't know God, who don't know God can sense that there's something different about our life. And when we're in a place like Dothan, all the more, because they would expect that he would be down, they would expect that he would be discouraged, they would expect that, that, that he wouldn't have that at all, but no, he has it. And it makes a massive difference and joseph found favor and now what does he do potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned joseph goes from the bottom to the top of that household ultimately he's going to be in charge of the whole land of egypt why because the presence of the lord is on him in the most difficult of circumstances. You can't see God's presence with your eyes physically, but you can tell when God's presence is on somebody's life. You can be with somebody and you can tell if the Lord is with them. It doesn't matter what they have in the way of possessions or position, God's presence is on their life. And if his presence is on their life, God's going to do supernatural things. Let me apply that to you. You may be in Dothan, but if God's presence is on your life, God's going to do supernatural things in your life. It's very important for you to to hear and understand. In 2 Kings 6, the servant of Dothan is worried, but that's only because he can't see what God is doing. He didn't realize the Lord was with them. Look at it. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered, because remember he said in verse 15, my Lord, what are we going to do? We're surrounded. Elisha says, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And I mean, immediately the servant's gotta be thinking, what, what do you mean more? There's a whole bunch of people out there and there's you and me. Watch what he says. Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. And the lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around elisha you see if if you and i could see spiritually it would change the circumstance radically and here's elisha and he says you just need to open your eyes and when you can see it's going to make a big big difference so you may feel surrounded tonight. The Lord brought you here so that you would know you're not alone in this thing. If you could open your eyes spiritually, you would see the angel of the Lord encamp around about those who fear him. You would see that God has, has sent angels on assignment in your situation to go before you, to go behind you, to watch over to you, to protect you. I think the real key is this, is that when you and I are in a situation like Dothan, on the one hand, we do have to be aware of what's happening physically, but let me put it this way. Maybe with one eye, we look at the physical, and with the other eye, we look at the supernatural. That we've got the eye of faith, that we've got the eye of, on God's presence, on who God is. And so what i want to do is tonight i want to pray for people who are in a situation and you're feeling somewhat overwhelmed you're feeling surrounded you're feeling like like uh joseph like somebody's betrayed you for each one of us the best thing that can happen is we need to have the presence of the lord on us you know one thing i was thinking about joseph i just throw this in and we'll close um it says the lord was with him so how how would that have been known I believe this I believe Joseph when he told the story said you know I was there in the slave market and man I I was scared and and I didn't know what was going on and and I'd lost everything but I knew God was with me because it's really hard to walk in the presence of the Lord if you don't sense that his presence is with you. I think it's very very important for us to dial into the fact God is with you what some what some need tonight is less than an immediate resolution to your problem though God can do that and and I believe God's going to work toward that end and it may happen tonight more important than the solution to any problem is a growing awareness of God's presence in our life and a sensitivity to his presence, right? Because after this problem, I've got good news for you. There's going to be another one. And what's going to help you in that moment is not only the track record that God solves problems, but what's going to keep you at peace is when you're aware of God's presence on your life.